Here's the real question. I'm, I won't even ask. Go is ahead. It, is it we'll something see. that should be saved for the podcast? No, it's, it's something for All how right. the podcast is going to go, but let's find out when we do it. Howdy, it's Monday, May 22nd, 2023, and this is episode 202 of Do For Win, the Atlantic City podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined as always by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? That intro is good. Uh, no was, casino biz. It was something. I don't know how I felt about it. It felt very strange. I thought 100% for sure that you were just going to throw that casino biz in there. But it's and casino, gone. And we'll, casino biz. Damn it. We do have lots of revenue data to talk about today, but we that's the most, Ooh, yes. that's the thing everybody's waiting for. We can't spoil that. Uh, we'll see. It might get bumped to our special Patreons only podcast. Data podcast? Yeah. So, we have a new segment idea. Uh-huh. To replace the history from longtime listener Tom L. His idea was something along the lines of the Mary F kill game, but for AC related stuff. And if you don't know the Mary F. Kill. You pick three people. One of them you have to marry. One of them you're just having a one night stand with. And one of them you're killing, which seems harsh. But basically for Atlantic City, his idea was something you're doing every single trip and you have to do it every single trip. Something you're going to do once more and then you can never do it again. And something you will never do again. So basically one of us picks three things in some AC related category. Mm -hmm. It needs a snappy name. Tom suggested something where the last of those three things is throwing it in the ocean. I thought about all in check or fold, but this is not a poker show. Indeed. So that makes no sense. Yeah, we'll have to think about it. Maybe we can get the listeners to brainstorm some ideas of of what to call this segment. I think it's a good idea. I think it's something fun. It's something we don't need to do research about. We can just spout off our uninformed opinions. My very bland name is always once more, never again. And that's not fun at all. So we need better names, people. I do like, by the way, that you always just lean into the explicit tag that we have, but not in this case. So that's good to know. We've been pretty unexplicit, despite the explicit tags recently, Uh. I feel. Especially early in the show. I don't like to just be dropping F-bombs early in the show. All right. Well, so why don't you get us started? I see one written here. Why don't you you talk us through the three choices and, and give us yours? Tom suggested not necessarily beer halls, but definitely like outdoor drinking mm-hmm. venues. Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall... Beer Garden over by Tropicana, and The Yard at Bally's. So which one are you doing always, once more, never again? So I have to say, it's it's quite clear which one of those three, I think, for both of us is, is never again. I assume it's not going to be that controversial to say that that's going to be The Yard. But I'm curious to see what you say between the other two for the other two options. Yeah, I don't mind The Yard. I had a bad experience there oh, yeah, once. It's, it's totally fine. We've been twice, and for me, both times, it's been fine i don't get mixed drinks though so yeah you know when you get a pbr every time they can't mess it up too much i think the food was pretty solid when yeah. we went last time just order beer absolutely st- well i don't know i got a cocktail the first time and it was good yeah yeah just get it from the russian lady that was there she'll yeah. make you a good cocktail not the guy who just had no idea what was going on i mean any cocktail that's got some sort of cream element to it no stay with the the first one i got yeah. was like a spicy margarita it's very safe I don't think I would be terribly disappointed if we never did the art again. Right. Either of the other two, I would be. Right. 
So the other question is, which one of the other two, Beer Garden or Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, would you be fine doing once more and then never doing it again? Are either of those okay to you? I've thought about this a little bit. I did pop in for a second and look at this this afternoon and was thinking about it a bit. And I I think I have some idea, but I'm not really, I'm still not 100%. My immediate reaction was Beer Garden every time, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall once more. Because I, uh-huh. I think ranking my enjoyment of the three, it's definitely Beer Garden, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, and then The Yard, a distant third. And that was my gut feeling as well. But The problem is, I think the reliable atmosphere of Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall <laughs> is better than Beer Garden. Because if the weather's bad, or if there's like a seagull horde... Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just pecking your eyes out for those cheese curds. Then you've married that uh-huh. it's much more weather dependent than Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. Mm-hmm. So that's the tough part because it's not as simple as like, well, I do like the beer garden better. I like the beer selection. Let's I like be the honest food. with ourselves, Craig. If the weather is like actually crap, we're not going to the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall either. That's true. We're not making that trek out there. No. And we're going to drive somewhere. We're going to drive to the Seed or, or something like that. Or, yeah, or Vagabond you know. or right. this new place that we'll talk about in a minute. Or one of our favorite dive bars, Chelsea Pub and Inn. We need to go back to Chelsea Pub and Inn, by the way. I hear that I have a room booked for June the 9th at the Tropicana. If you're in the Chelsea Tower, that is such a short walk to the Chelsea Pub and Inn. Even if you're not in the Chelsea Tower, it's still a pretty short walk. But the Chelsea Tower is so short. And it's worth it. I mean, <laughs> the Chelsea Tower was gorgeous when I stayed there. That's that's a joke for anybody who thinks I'm serious. You, the Chelsea Tower was terrible. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't stay there. <laughs> So do you, do you have a final answer? I personally, and this is like, I know I differ on this quite a bit from, say, you and your brother, who I think kind of like the food at Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. I think yeah. it's pretty mediocre. I know that you think it's good. But I think Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall gives you something that's like a little bit harder to replace in some ways than the beer garden. That's true. The, the thing that I like at beer garden is getting a liter of beer. And while I cannot do that right now anywhere else in Atlantic City, I feel like it, it shouldn't be impossible to, to get that somewhere else. <laughs> that's a good point. Whereas like Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, it is actually a pretty cool place to be. Sitting outside there is very pleasant. Maybe a little bit less pleasant than beer garden, but... Sitting inside is nice too, though. Have I, I don't know if I've ever actually sat inside there. I mean, I've walked in to go to the bathroom or whatever. I think I've been outside every time. It, it's very close for me. My gut feeling is that while I will probably go to the beer garden a lot more often over the next, you know, X number of trips that I take to Atlantic City, I would feel like I'd lose something more if Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall happened not to be there than the beer garden. But they're both very good, and I would be very disappointed if either of them left. It's not that it's not there. It's that it's there and you can't go anymore. You go, you went once and you can't It's go. not there as far as I'd, I'd be concerned in the confines of this game. I think in practice, I end up at Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall more than Beer Garden. Yeah, but I don't know if that's true now. Like historically, it's been true, but I feel like in the last year, we've been at Beer Garden quite a lot. I think I've got to go with always at Beer Garden. Beyond just the leader of beer, I think the beer list is, it's exactly what you wanted at Beer Garden. It is a very good beer garden beer list. And all the appetizer type food is really good. Like everything I've had there actually tasted really, really good. I personally don't care about the beer list at a place like Beer Garden because like if it had only one generic pilsner that you can get a liter of beer of, like that would be totally fine for me because I'm not necessarily looking for a big beer list there. Whereas Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall does have an excellent beer list and that is kind of what you want at a place like that, I think. Well, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall sometimes has like too just very sour and like hazy IPA heavy and doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of like other 
variety, I feel like. Whereas beer garden, like, yeah, it's very what you'd expect at a beer garden, like yeah. Hefeweizens and like German Pilsters and stuff. Which, I mean, the beer I love all that beer. is also open from like 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah. during the summer months, and that's it. So yeah. there is that that fact, too. So that, that was my initial point about why I think it's hard to say always for beer garden, but I think I still have to be true huh. to like which I like. Interesting. Best. I You know, I think one never would have thought that you would have chose always for, for beer garden, and I would have chose always for Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. Yeah, but I was thinking we'd go the other way on that. I thought for sure that everyone would think I would choose always for beer garden, and you would choose it for Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. But yeah, here we are. That was a good segment, though. I think we can bring it back. If you have more suggestions for, for three things, yeah, let us know. If not, we could probably come up with some pretty easily. Yeah, so thanks a lot to Tom L. for that suggestion and for the suggestions yeah. of Tennessee Ave, Beer Hall, Beer Garden, and The Yard, and we'll come up with some other ones. I already have some ideas for them, but anything yeah. that anybody else has is welcome. Absolutely. All right. News. So La Strada at the Shore is replacing Moderanos at Harrah's. So I guess this confirms, I don't know if we had like a thousand percent confirmation last time we talked about it, but Moderanos, I guess, is gone now. More Toranos. Definitely close. Yes. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I left the R out of that uh, spelling in the thing. It's Moderanos. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that to me. <laughs> sorry. I'm like... Uh, Ron Burgundy. Exactly. So anyway, La Strada at the Shore is a Reno-based Italian stable. <laughs> it's in the El Dorado in Reno. Four stars on Yelp, which is like pretty good as far as Yelp goes. Except if something gets three and a half stars, you're like, ooh, that's terrible. Can't go there. <laughs> really? <laughs> Have you ever seen the uh, short video clip about Asian food? You want to go to the place that has three and a half stars? That's the best food. I haven't. No, I'll have to look at that later. It's very good. I'll, I'll try to send it to you. Because it means they're like openly rude to you, but the food is good. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Any, any thoughts? Let's start at the shore. I did look at the menu a little bit before the podcast. It seems like a menu of an Italian restaurant. Yeah, it's like a nice-ish Italian restaurant. And some of the comments in, I think, the Everything AC group were saying, like, ooh, it looks kind of expensive, but it doesn't look any more expensive than any other place in AC to me. Yeah, no, it seems it seems totally normal to me. I would think it's probably no more expensive, if not just cheaper, than Mordorano's, so. But I don't actually know, because I never went. I expect that that's probably true. It is funny. I mean, it's obviously sort of an Eldorado, you know, Eldorado bought Caesars. It's obviously, like, sort of a house brand for them i guess mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how it does from that standpoint but what a shock by the way can't believe they're bringing in a house <laughs> brand to replace some but not house brand it is well reviewed my main takeaway is that i really want to go to reno because any anytime i see anything about the row i'm like that looks amazing i've never been to reno and i've been in carson city which is like literally 10 minutes away so unbelievable been in Tahoe, been in Carson City, not been in Reno. I was under 21, and I remember thinking, like, this all looks amazing, but I can't do any of it. And then we went to see a movie at the movie theater. <laughs> so. Then you went to the brothel. I mean, how could I not? <laughs> I think I was 18 years old. old I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know if it's fine or not. I don't know what the, the law is. But. <laughs> so there's other news, which is speaking of, well, not a brothel, but a swingers club. <laughs> There used to be a swingers club out on Atlantic Avenue between Providence and Boston. Uh-huh. I don't know if we talked about that when it opened. It definitely rings a bell. We've definitely talked about it in the past. I know I've mentioned on the podcast that there used to be advertisements for it yeah. when you were driving in on the AC Expressway, and I always thought it was just the greatest thing, that there were just advertisements for the swingers club. But there's been talk for, like, I feel like at least a year that something is going in that space, and finally, the Good Dog Bar opened last week there's also one in philadelphia it seems like a very vagabond-esque sort of bar right. to me 
that you can take your dog to. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Do I, th- want- no, I think you actually can. I was reading about it. Do you want to go with your dog? Yeah, I'd go. Seems fine. I feel like Atlantic City needs more of these kinds of bars. Yeah, yeah. What bar like this haven't we liked in Atlantic City? Like, basically none, right? Because they're all good. I'm sure this one's good. It's a little bit out of the way. Like, it's down. It's out from Atlantic Club. It is not that close. If you're staying at Trop, though, it's probably pretty walkable. I mean, it's out on Atlantic. It's only two blocks out from the boardwalk. But it is down at Atlantic Club, which is kind of in no man's land. It's very close to Knife and Fork. So you could go eat a big steak at Knife and Fork and then just go get drunk at Good Dog Bar. Yeah, I, like I said, if you're at Trop, I think it's probably fairly convenient. Otherwise, it's probably not all that convenient unless you're driving, which is more of a headache. Or taking an Uber, which I guess is fine. So add it to the list of places that I say yeah. I really want to go to that I'll never actually make it to. I'll go to it. What about this next thing? Uh, I don't really have a lot of information about it. Uh, I can read what you've written, though. So AC Casinos are being sued for price fixing. The complaint alleges that the corporate defendants and their respective hotels, including Harris Atlantic City, Bally's Atlantic City, and Borgata, used Sendin's platform to set room rates higher than they otherwise would have been able to in a competitive market. Do you know if this is from the time when Bally's was a CED property? Because let me tell you, I wouldn't be all that surprised if if Caesars and MGM were doing something sort of anti-competitive. But Yeah, I mean, so it's just came out. It's mm-hmm. a proposed class action suit so i don't even know how far along oh yeah in the process. you know who'd be in the defendant class us or the plaintiffs i mean we'd be getting like 12 dollars and 50 cents back it'd be awesome it'd be great except all our rooms for the most part have been gone <laughs> but look look we have surely paid to stay in, in these places yeah so basically most of the hotels in atlantic city are defendants in this case and the claim is that even though occupancy was down like five percent the room rates went up 22% or something like that. I think those are the numbers. Uh-huh. And the argument is, like, there's no actual, like, market reason for that change uh, to happen. But I, I think that's, like, a pretty bad argument, but sure. It sounds like they've made more money, which is probably their goal by doing this. So, I, I don't know. You can't say there's no market reason for it when it's more profitable than, you know, keeping prices the same and, and getting 1% higher occupancy or whatever. Right. I mean, it does feel to me as a consumer who should be aggrieved that the market is pretty competitive for hotel rooms in Atlantic City and it's not like oh why is the price it's a Friday in July like why am I paying $300 for a room like no I never wonder that like it always seems to make perfect sense but I don't know so I guess they're saying you know a bunch of people are using this probably what point of sale or something uh, software that's I'm assuming an algorithm for dynamic pricing or something like that. I want to be clear when I'm poo-pooing this, I'm like poo-pooing specifically what you've said. Like, I do find it believable that they could be doing something untoward and like maybe they were, but uh, I just am not. I think it's going to be extremely hard to prove. I am a lawyer. So what I say should hold uh-huh. incredible weight. Uh, but no, I mean, just as just from reading it, it seems like this is going to be very difficult. They're trying to get it thrown out in Vegas, all like MGM and Caesars, shockingly. I expect we'll get a very good idea of what's going to happen in this suit when we find out what happens in Vegas. Although New Jersey is like its own beast. Like it could be thrown out in Vegas because Vegas is very pro casino. And then all of a sudden in New Jersey, like this thing has legs for some reason, but who knows? Mm. Let's talk about what everyone wants to hear about. Yeah. So Showboat is now saying that according to their, what, their contractors or whatever, their construction crew, that the opening of the island water park is going to probably be in July. (laughs) 
They said, our contractors and internal testing team tell us we will be open this July. They are smart. We tend to listen to them. All we know is we can't wait. Hashtag getting excited. Getting excited. I would not search that hashtag. I would not. Oh, you should you should search it, but not at home, only at work. Any trending hashtag is probably taken over by porn, so just yeah, yeah. don't no, click any right. hashtag, I would say. Just... How much do you trust July? I don't really have any good frame of reference. That's like pretty close. They shouldn't be like that far off with a date that close in the future, but... July 5th is our bet. Uh-huh. I have the under. Probably yeah. going to lose that. I feel real good about that. Real good. Your argument was also, like, if it gets to 4th of July weekend, why would they open in the summer at all? Right. Do you still feel like this is weird, or now that we're close, no, 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 no. like, just open it? I think it's better for them to open in the summer, even though, you know, we've talked a lot about how this is going to be a year-round thing, and that it should be kind of, like, season agnostic in some way in the way that the rest of atlantic city certainly isn't i think it's better to like build buzz if it opens in the summer and they should try to open it as soon as they can put out a good product for people but it's probably not the end of the world like it is for most things if they're like we're going to open in like august or september we normally would just laugh at them because that's a ridiculous thing to do because atlantic city is so seasonal but and I expect this to be slightly seasonal to begin with, and I think it's going to be a thing that's going to be over time. We'll see if they can break out of that seasonality or not. So it's it's better for them to open sooner rather than later. I think your argument when we were first talking about the date was like, once you get deep into this peak season, mm-hmm. they sort of missed the boat on it. But it seems like you've changed your tune. I've changed my tune. Anyway, I feel good about my bet. That's the oh, yeah, important I thing here. You're definitely winning that bet. I think we have a new bet to make on this, which is we need to come up with an over-under for what the price of day passes will be. Didn't we already do that? This was off the podcast. We talked about it online, but off air. I spot-checked Camelback in the Poconos, Mm -hmm. which is a similar sort of water park. It also has a ski resort, but it has a year-round water park in the summer, $69 weekdays, and then weekends, depending on how peak the weekends are, 89 to $99. Hmm. When I was first thinking about this, I was thinking it would be a terrible idea to price it that high. Right. I think you, you were coming in at that number, and I said either 99 or 109 right? Yeah, and when we talked about it online, we came up with $100 for over-under. Hmm. And the more I think about it, the more I think that's way too low. Way too low. Not just too low, a lot too low. What are you thinking? Like 129? I'll take the under. I'll give you 124. How about that? Because I'm, I'm a generous man. What happens if it's like 99 weekdays, 129 weekends? Like, how do we how do we resolve that bet then? And also, like, what if it's totally dynamic pricing? That's true, too. It's like the Amtrak. The first one is like $29. And if you're like the last one, it's like, you know, $800. Right. Hmm. How are we going to do that? How are we going to mm. figure that out? Eh, we'll just put it in there. And if it's not, like, obviously resolvable, then we'll... Just not resolve it? Okay, $124. For adults, to be clear, right? Yeah, I mean, for adults, sure. I think it's typically, like, just everybody's got to pay. Oh. Really? Like, let me tell you, if I have a two-year-old, I'm not paying no $100 for them to do anything. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll give them, like, a box of 50-cent animal crackers, and they'll be just sad. (laughs) (laughs) Are we saying weekends, though? Weekend rate? I thought we were saying that, like, if it's not immediately resolvable, we're not going to resolve it. Because I definitely don't think it's going to be $129 on weekdays. That would be crazy. All right. You have to put it back to 129 then if it's weekends. Okay. That's my demand. 129 on right. on weekends. 
I can't possibly lose, right? If it's 139 or something, that is like the most preposterous thing I've ever heard in my life. I think what's going to happen is it's going to come out insanely high. There's going to be all sorts of deals. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. I didn't consider the fact that it's going to be like Six Flags, where if you pay like the posted rate, you're an idiot. You can like bring a can of Coke and it's $20 off or whatever. Yeah. Just all sorts of dumb, like, oh, it's $139, but if you want to get... Uh, okay, sure. Arcade and and whatever pass, it's like $139.50. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. All right. We'll see. Yeah, it could be. It could be. That logic makes sense. I don't feel great about my bet, but it'll be fun to find out. It'll be fun to find out. So episode 201, we mm-hmm. talked about some stuff that we want to do in the future for the podcast. Sure. In-person episodes, meetups, guests, all that stuff. I have a couple of thoughts. I don't know if you have any follow-up thoughts about that episode. I'm assuming you've listened to it since then. Yes, if you are curious, uh, like you personally, I don't know if we talk about it. I do listen to every episode, so. Good to know. That's how I know that you also thought that that Say Anything song was the worst song you've ever heard in your life because you didn't hear it before I put it into the episode. You never would have known about it. Yes. No, I listen to every episode. So, we talked about in-person episodes. The more I think about it, the more I wanted to do in-person episodes. Yeah. But something I would also be interested in doing is getting, like, quick audio clips as we're doing something cool. The Vegas tapes? Sort of like the Vegas tapes, yes. That's That's not really quick audio uh, clips, though. Seven Out. Yeah, I'm thinking shorter than the Vegas tapes. If you Uh haven't listened to Seven Out, he basically did, like, a audio log of every night, right? Mm-hmm. And then they put them in episodes over time. All right, explain yourself, I guess, and then I'll I'll question you. Yeah, so I'm thinking more like, oh, we're walking down the boardwalk, let or, or doing something, you know, like typically the last few trips we've done some crazy running around. This will show the age of the show, the the periscope that you did one time of of us walking down the boardwalk. Periscope, wow, you did, yeah, stuff like that. The thing that's going to be the setback on this is that editing all this into a podcast is going to be miserable, and I don't want to do it. Uh-huh. But I like the idea. Here's here's my pushback. What do we get from having short clips talking about like something we've done or whatever? Not much. I think what 7out does makes some sense, because I think if you do like a full review every day, you're going to remember more if you do it kind of in the moment. It's not going to be like as much of a pain to edit, because you can kind of just drop it in and edit it just like we'd edit the podcast. I think that makes sense or just doing like our normal like recaps and or in-person episodes also makes sense. But making 90 second clips makes no sense to me personally. So just my two cents. Yeah, I think my idea was more like, okay, we're going to review this thing in the moment. But I'm not, okay. yeah, I'm not sure the value is really there in doing that versus doing it just a week later. Yeah. And putting it on the podcast. Okay. Nick's that idea. The other thing that came up was meetups, mm-hmm. especially relevant because they just had the Biloxi podcasts get together thing we weren't there but i'm told at least five do for a win shirts were there wandering around presumably on people yeah maybe maybe not (laughs) maybe they've they've self-animated i think there were more do for a win t-shirts in biloxi this past weekend than have ever been in atlantic city at one time probably that sounds right which is interesting apparently the dealers were very interested in them Had lots Uh of questions, as people do. So I said on the last episode I'd love to do more of those events in the future. I think it will actually be more realistic once I'm moved and I have my own car, at least for like AC Connecticut stuff. 
So hopefully we'll be able to, at least I will be able to go to more of those. I think yeah. the assumption is that I'm more likely to go to them than you are. Right. I mean, like I could have gone to Biloxi, I think, if I really wanted to, although it's been a pretty busy month for me or whatever. Yeah, no, I had no chance. Yeah. And I think in related news, by the way, I, we'll get to it at the end, but we have no more shirts. So Yes, that is true. If you were in Biloxi and you were like, oh, I love this shirt, you missed the boat because somebody else beat you to the punch because they were also in Biloxi. And he did them all. They needed them all. Which, by the way, we were huge fans of. So, are we going to make more shirts? I, I'm trying to come up with an idea that will work. We'll talk about it offline. I feel like I have pretty specific idea of what I... Well, I don't have a specific idea of what I want. I have a specific idea of what I don't want. And it's everything that I want. Probably. We'll talk about it offline. I think the font... I think it just needs to be the same shirt, but with a bigger font. Yes. Much bigger. That's the problem. And maybe, like, neon orange or something? Like brighter. Yeah. I like colors. That would not be as much of a turnoff for me as for you, I think. Yeah. So we also talked about do for a win meetups. Uh-huh. And I said I wanted to do more of those too. And I realized the issue with those is we're almost always out of town by Saturday midday. Uh-huh. So that makes a meetup hard. Friday night? Yeah, Friday night could be done. It's not unreasonable. Is it? Is it unreasonable? I mean, it's like possible we do it, you know, a two-night weekend trip at some point, though. Maybe it's not hugely likely, but Friday night, I don't think it's unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, we could try it. I mean, I do lots of two-night trips, but just Thursday and Friday night. Right. Next time we're there on a Friday evening, let's try to make it happen. All right. We also, two episodes ago, talked a lot about Las Vegas. Do you want to wrap this up with some follow-up questions, which I spent hours a day thinking about this trip. What could we have done differently what would I have done differently? What will I do on some hypothetical future Vegas trip? When will I go to Vegas again? All these thoughts swirling in my head, wrote them all down, and then I just haven't thought about it for like a week. So I'm sort of like, do I really need to even have this whole discussion? I'm done with Las Vegas. No, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it before it totally leaves your head. But if you think Craig was kidding when he said that he spent hours a day thinking about this stuff, he is not. Oh, no, not at all. Here was my agenda. I talked to our friend Andy about all the things that I would do differently about the trip and what when we could possibly go back. And then once he was offline because he went to a meeting or he was just tired of dealing with me, I went to our friend Dave and I had the same exact conversation with Dave. And then once he was offline, I went to my brother and I was like, hey, what do you think about all this stuff? And so literally hours a day. But, you know, I'm past that now. Totally normal person that you're mm -hmm. listening to on this podcast. What's your feedback? Because I see here that you believe that me, Paul, and Dave have all felt the same about the Vegas trip, and I'm curious like, what that is. I think there's a sense from those three, you uh -huh. included. Not you and Andy, but me, Dave, and Paul. I was on this train in the first few days of the Vegas trip, which was a lot of the stuff that we're doing in Vegas, while very fun, we could do in many other cities for cheaper. Okay. And like the gambling in Vegas is not particularly good compared to, say, Atlantic City. Yep. So I think that's a big turn-off. Not necessarily turn-off, but, like, the eagerness to go back is not there for them. I brought that up with our friend Andy, and he was like, no, Vegas is fun. I don't understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't understand this argument. I think it's more where I'm at. I just enjoy Vegas and, like, doing all that stuff in Vegas, in that Vegas atmosphere. So I don't, I don't feel the same way of, like, well, I can just do all this stuff in any other city. Mm -hmm. Although, again, the flight time is a big deterrent. 
for me the crowds are just a big deterrent i mean i think i've like warmed to vegas some like even more since we've talked about it last but like the thing that turns me off is i just like think about the strip and like the number of people there and then I'm like eh, maybe not yeah so you said during last episode that you had sort of like warmed to the trip a little bit more after recording the episode sure so like what is the reason for that because it seemed like you were pretty down on it before. Oh, really? I I think I was like felt much more positive like during and after the episode than I than I felt beforehand. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think before the episode, you seemed like you were not super happy with the trip, and then after the episode, I mean, like we talked about, the gambling's not great, not at all. We talked about like some of the specifics last time of like things I didn't personally think went well, and like things I would have liked to do instead. Vegas is a cool place. Like, I'm not upset we went or whatever. I'm glad that I got to experience it again for the first time in 10 years. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that it was so crowded and expensive. So I think that sort of answers one of my big questions that I had when I listened back to the last episode, which was that you seem very anti-strip in general, but you really loved Aria. And there seems like a disconnect for me there. But Aria was not crowded at all. You know, it was an expensive place to play, but, like, the rules of everything I played were, like, reasonably fair. And, like, same thing with Park MGM, which even had Surrender, by the way. More than fair, better than we can get in Atlantic City. And I think both those places, like, weren't hugely crowded. Like, let me tell you, Saturday afternoon when I walked to MGM Grand, it was, like, absolutely insane. Which is weird, because MGM Grand is so lame. Boring place to play. It's always, like, weirdly crowded there, I feel like, though. Yeah, Caesars and MGM Grand. I didn't even step foot in Caesars, the strip, by the way. I don't think I did either. They have a whole new lobby and everything. Didn't even look at it. Caesars and MGM Grand, I think, are very crowded all the time. They're like the sort of typical name brand. Oh, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to MGM Grand. I don't really like either of the casinos that much, though. Yeah, Caesars, I think, is... I've enjoyed my time in Caesars. I've played there quite a bit historically. MGM Grand, I've also played in a decent bit, but I don't think it's a very good casino. Like, I've never really enjoyed it. This is the same way, like, I feel about, like, Mandalay Bay. Like, it's just, like, not that nice. And, like, the limits historically 10 years ago were more expensive than I felt like the casino could really reasonably expect to charge. Oh, I love Mandalay Bay. I love the way it looks. It is so dead in there all the time. Continuing to dissect the trip as I've done. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things I thought about that I would change for the trip that sounds sort of contradictory is that I would actually do more planning ahead of time. (laughs) I know, right? Like, how is that even possible? That's pretty funny, but yeah. Hear me out. I would plan less things that were on at a set time. Okay. Shows being the big one. Yeah, okay. So you just wouldn't do any shows or? I would do one instead of two, I think. Okay. But the bigger thing I would change is having a better idea of what everyone's priority is. And saying, like, okay, it seems like a bunch of people want to go downtown. Uh This is when we're all going to go downtown. It seems like a bunch of people want to go to Resorts World. This is when we're going to go to Resorts World. In general, like, here's a window of when we're going to try to do that stuff. Because instead, we had 10 people, and then it was somebody hitting up the group text, like, oh, hey, I'm walking to Resorts World right now. I'm halfway up the strip. It's like, oh, shit, I wanted to go to Resorts World. Now's my chance. I better run and catch up. And so there was no, like, leisurely between stuff. It was just sort of everyone leading everyone else in these directions. I mean, that's not what I did at all, really, but yes. But I feel like even with downtown, it seemed like everybody wanted to get downtown. And then when it happened, didn't make any sense. And then we went again. Yeah, just like having a better idea of, like, where to go when. 
And it's sort of just like managing the group of nine in a better way. Yeah, maybe. Also, in that time, building in sort of a like 3.30, 4, 4.30 p.m., whatever it is, this is a window to get the hell back to your hotel. Everybody chill out for a minute. We're not going to rush around. You can't really enforce that, but yes. I think if if everybody was in the same hotel or if people were sharing rooms, there would be more inertia to do it in the first place. But for one thing, like, get back to your hotel. If you're going to change into adult clothes, change into adult clothes. If you are not changing into adult clothes, you are admitting that you are totally fine if everyone else in the group goes to some restaurant or speakeasy or something that you cannot get into dressed like a child. But I think the bigger thing is that would just happen naturally if we had fewer rooms in fewer places. Of all the people, like, I was trying to bite the bullet and get us rooms together or whatever and, like, play nice with people. And I'm the least likely person to do that. And like I said, it just, like, no one had any interest in doing that at all. So, I'm like, I will never try to take other people into consideration picking a room in the future. <laughs> we did have, like, four rooms in Vidara. So, it worked to some extent. If I was running the show again, which I was also part of the problem because I was like, no, all these places are close. It'll be fine. Basically, just pick two places really close, whether it's like Park and, you know, some place that's like decent, Yeah, park, park in Vidara or whatever. Or, or even Park in New York, New York, if you want to go like super cheap. Like, look, these are the two hotels. Everyone is staying in these two, two, two hotels. Pick whichever one you want. If you want it to be cheaper, split a room. Like, that is it. You're, we're not doing this straying all over the place shit. <laughs> Again, it's not enforceable, though. Like, Because you'll be staying at the Imperial Palace. Yeah, man. I love those dealer tanners. I can't get enough of it. But I think also that created the situation where, like, everybody was just a little too far apart at any given time. So, like, somebody started going someplace, and everybody else was playing catch-up. And that was that's, like, the theme of the trip for me. I, I don't think so, though. I, is that really true? We were yes. all pretty close, except for you and Paul. Even the park to Vidara split led to texts to the group like hey i'm heading here and all of a sudden i don't i don't know if that's the reason or whatever Eh, okay i think it's just not wanting to go to someone else's room or whatever especially with with vidara by the way it was like another hassle that like even if you were staying in vidara you still couldn't go to someone else's room because you had to literally have the key of that person's room to get to the floor that you wanted to get to that's a really good point i didn't think about how much of a deterrent that is It, it really is though to any sort of gathering in the room you literally had to come down and let people in every single person every single time yes so I'm trying to think of all these things like, why wasn't there more inertia to the room? Maybe it's as simple as that. Just a technological hurdle. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, interesting. I think that's most of what I had. I still can't wrap my head around this sort of like late trip 180 I had where I was going from sort of like, oh, I still like Vegas, but it's not like everything I had built up in my head to the last Being like, day. I never want to take a vacation to anywhere other than Vegas for the rest of my life. Yeah. And getting home and being like, how soon can I go back? I do wonder if our next AC trip will draw me away from that a bit, because I'm like, oh, here's a lot of the stuff I like about Vegas. Cheaper, closer, more manageable, smaller group of people. <laughs> Where I just am like, oh, yeah, no, I can just do AC four times yeah, a year and be fine but, with it. I mean, it's going to be quite different, though, and I think... Uh... It would be a very different trip in AC, I think, with that group than in Vegas. I mean, for me, like I said, I, I think I would have more fun in, in AC, but me and Chris are the two outliers, I think, of the group in, in some way or whatever. So let's expand on that. Uh-huh. What would a two-day, two-night trip with that same group look like in AC? Because, I mean, it's not going to be a four-night trip. That's obviously not going to happen. 
this is more of a question for you, I think. Like, what do you think people would be doing in AC? Like, just getting ripped at the bar, I guess? <laughs> like, like, what is there to do? Vegas, there was so much non-gambling, non-drinking. Right. I mean, there was people we went with that literally said they did not gamble at all on the trip. Like, zero spins of a slot machine. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Tell me, I don't think. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. He, he said he did, did not gamble a single time. I definitely gambled the least I've gambled percentage-wise of any Vegas AC trip I've ever been on. I mean, I probably did too, but I still gambled like a ton <laughs> compared to you guys. Right, so. yeah. Just by the nature of AC, it's going to be like a much more drunken gambling heavy trip than the Vegas trip was. Like AC is kind of light on that stuff still. Like people like Lucky Snake when we went last time. Yeah. That's something that's not drinking or gambling. The Hook is opening the show at Caesars. Right. There is a show that's opening. You know, we went to see John Mulaney. That's not something you can't do in Atlantic City. Right. There, there are other shows, you know, even if it's the oft-mentioned acjokes.com. Like, there are things to do. We sat at the pool for three hours. There's pool. Right. There's pools. Exactly. There's a beach. I'm sure, like, you know, Craig and Tommy or whatever would have loved to play at the beach. I mean, I, I still have not stepped foot on the Atlantic City Beach <laughs> in my <laughs> life. It's insane. Like, thinking about doing a trip in AC and trying to make it less gambling heavy and doing more of this other stuff, like pool, Lucky Snake show, docks as a group, or going to Amada, or going to Beer Garden as a big group, or yeah. doing Little Water or the Sea. That sounds super fun. All of this sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, dive bar, go to Tony's Baltimore Grill, go to- Yeah, man. Go to go to Chelsea Pub. Irish Pub. Big group Irish to the pub. Irish Pub. Yeah, all That'd that be, stuff sounds amazing. Whatever. It's, it, any of it sounds- I think it sounds awesome. Yeah, we need to make all this happen. Yeah, make it happen. You, you're you the one with like the impossible schedule you need to, to put it together. You say this all the time, that I'm the one with the impossible schedule. Yes. And then we bring stuff up and you're like, can anybody go like Monday to fucking Wednesday? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the one messing up. <laughs> Everyone else works a normal work week, Kyle. I mean, I could go on a weekend if it was a big trip, unless I've got something else going on, which we've talked about offline or whatever. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I think I'm, I'm pretty open. Even, even this summer, I don't think I've got a whole lot going on. I have one trip planned in August, so. Yeah, my summer, my July seems pretty tame. Yeah, my, so, my July's wide open. I think we should make that happen. Yeah, we were talking about what, like the 13th or something, you know, the 15th? Yeah, somewhere around there. All right. I think my last Vegas thought, I said in the episode that I wouldn't stay at Win again. And I don't think I need to stay at Win again. Uh-huh. But the more I'm sort of separated from it, the more I see the benefits. Like the downside was that I was separated from the whole group. But. Like, it's obviously very nice. If you can do the win slots option, it's shockingly reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. If your time is worth nothing, which, you know, as we've established, mine is not. It's close to Resorts World, which is a nice place to go play. It's very quick to get to the downtown arts district. It's easier to get downtown than it is from other parts of the strip because you don't have to get up this strip. Although I guess mm-hmm. you just go out. But the downside is obviously, like, no one else is playing wind slots and getting these rooms. Everybody else would have to pay insane amounts or be staying at Resorts World. So right. as much as I'm, like, everybody needs to Which stay Which everyone would stay at Resorts World, I think, and be perfectly happy, by the way. so That's true. I don't know if you've deemed that too far. From when wind to Resorts World is extremely close. I think it's farther than Vidara to Park MGM. I don't know. I did the walk multiple times, and it was Got to cross quick. that street, man. There's not even not even a walkway. Oh, like an elevated walkway? You actually literally have to cross the street, like some sort of plebeian. That's a good point. Because I did it as well. I think the next trip, we figured it out. Resorts World for the fancy people. Stratosphere for the cheap people. Oh, oh. Circus Circus. Uh, Even better. I don't even have a room. I'm just going to be in the slots a million all night. (laughs) 
It's lots of fun. So anyways, the moral of the story is that I'm back to spinning wind slots all the time. Oh, you're, you're back in. Because yeah. I was like, why wouldn't I just have the max? It caps you at 25,000 gems. Which, by the way, like, one of the levels in wind slots is to unlock three knights of rooms at Encore. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can even get three knights of Encore for 25,000 gems. So if it's capping you at 25,000 gems, this is just a fake reward. I mean, maybe you could get, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Or or do you have to, like, open it up for yourself and then, like, buy the first two nights and then, like, do a bunch more win slots and no. then buy the third night? Or? Not allowed. If oh. you have a reservation and you haven't stayed yet, can't book another reservation. Oof. Yes. No, they figured out all this stuff. It's very restrictive, the win slots. But here I am. Literally, it's spinning right now. Oh, that's actually what you do during the podcast? Yeah. I don't have to look at it. It's just going. All right. You want to do some data? I guess. I don't think there's that much to say about it. Although we've skipped March. We just totally forgot about March. We can make it snappy. So March was $228 million, which is up uh, 6% or so from 2022. The only real thing of note, I guess two real things of note, is Ocean was up 36% (laughs) year over year. Awesome. Ocean just had an absolutely like the worst month imaginable in March of 2022. So it probably doesn't mean that much. Just shockingly bad. Actually, their April was also... What what happened? How is this possible? Ocean's February was better than their March, April, May, June. It makes no sense. What happened? Is that number right in February of 22? Maybe not. <laughs> I'm not going That's back crazy. and looking at it. That is insane that their February is better than a March, April, May, and June. Incredible. All right. Anyway, so Ocean was up 36%, which may or may not be important given how bad their March and April and May and June were. And Bally's was down 22% and had a $10.5 million month, which is just truly abysmal for a March. <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing I saw when I was looking at it. I was like, wow, 10 and a half, it's horrible. That's I just so can't awful. even imagine. So it's really impressive, I guess, in the worst possible way. Speaking of truly impressive, Tropicana is down under $1,000 from 2022. <laughs> truly impressive incredibly consistent yeah if nothing else they just put up you know they put up their number yeah all right i don't have too much else to say about march march was uh, by and large i think a a pretty good month because i think we're getting to the time in 2022 where things like really started picking up so uh it's not going to be the the gains that we've kind of been used to towards the end of 2022 versus 2021 and then maybe at the beginning of 2023 so i think a six percent gain in march is is a good number I went back, I confirmed that February 22 number for Ocean. Absolutely correct. (laughs) So weird. Bonkers. So April, not great. Not perfect. Uh, That's being generous, I feel. April is up under $3 million from March, which isn't great. Doesn't sound great to me anyway. March is always a surprisingly strong month, I feel like, every year. But it should be up more than $3 million. A year over year, April was down 1.5%. $231 million was, was April. Again, Ocean up 30%. But as we said, like their March, April, May, and June were all absolutely atrocious last year. So, Which is, How do you have such an amazing February and then just completely shit the bed in March, April? It's so weird. It's just so strange. But hey, that's how you have big, huge year over year gains. You need yeah. a shitty month to set the stage for a giant gain. Beyond that, I don't think there's too much else to talk about. The only other casino that was up was Golden Nugget. Every other casino was down somewhere between 2 and 
uh, year over year. Yeah, most were down way less than 13%, except for resorts and TROP, both yeah. 13%. Should point out, full five-weekend month in April. So not only is it down 1.6%, there were five Saturdays in April of 2022. So it's not totally, like, how much Sunday revenue, I don't know if... Yeah, I don't think that matters to that Yeah, much. so basically five-weekend month to five-weekend month. It's pretty much apples to apples. But being down is is not great. Uh, like I said, I think this is like getting to the time where Atlantic City had really picked up. So we'll see what happens in May. But uh, I'm not too worried about one down month or whatever. And, you know, you were the one that put the numbers together. So I don't know, like, how lucky or unlucky these various casinos were. Super unlucky. Bally's <laughs> in March. I'm sure they were with that number. That number is awful. I'm sure they were horrifically unlucky. So I have a pitch because we're just changing things. We're changing the name, not even the name, but like the tagline of the podcast. We've gotten rid of the history segment. We've got a new segment. We'll never, ever, ever remember to do this if we make this change. But could the revenue talk be quarterly Craig, instead of monthly? I feel like you've forgotten your roots, man. Like, what got us into this in the first place? Like, talking every month about the data that came out and what it means. It's true. But it just feels... It, the quarterly data, which, by the way, adding March gives us Q1. We could have just talked about Q1, which looked very good, by the way. Very, very good, yeah. 655 million. Let me see the last time it was that high. Probably 20... Uh, oh, 2013, it was 656 million. Uh, sorry, 2012, it was 750 million almost. So, just killed it. But, like, a, the quarterly data is more meaningful than the monthly data. Like, it's less susceptible to luck and stuff. Yeah, but... But if we know. go quarterly... We do, man. Am I going to remember in... Yeah, August to do it? No, I'm not going to remember. We'll just no. never do data again, which would make a lot of people very happy, and I will not do that. That's a no, reason no, no. enough. You have to pay us to, to do that. <laughs> if we have enough Patreons, we'll we'll take the data out of uh, out of the normal show into a show that we'll have like three downloads a week, yeah. uh, you know, episode. I think that's a good plan. Yeah, it's just we're holding the the data talk for ransom, or like whatever the opposite. It's like reverse ransom. I legitimately think that we should talk about the data every month when it comes out. Okay, I'm fine with that. That's how we you know got into Atlantic City to begin with, I think, and you know, that's what we should keep doing. Okay, stick with it. Yeah, stick with it. Status quo, what everybody wants in their lives. Uh-huh. Is there anything else to talk about? That's it. We'll save the walk talk for next time. Save something. Beyond that, if you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can, for now, do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our great content, but not buy a shirt at do for a win.com until Craig at least replenishes the stock with a new design. Reach out to Craig on Twitter at DoForWin or me at Kyle Laskin and send Craig questions via email to DoForWin at gmail.com. How's our inbox? I've got a lot of unread stuff, I have to say. Oof. Killing me. It hurts. It's painful. I see it on my phone now, and I'm like, oh, look at all those unreads. Gotta read it, man. That's that's your job for next episode. Well, 201, episode 201, drew a lot of comments about things that we should do for the future of the podcast. Yeah. And I'm thinking about them. I mean, we've enacted one in this uh -huh. episode from tom l it was good but i'm not responding to any of them okay because uh if you should know anything about me it's that i'm going to think about it for a very very long time before i make a decision yeah perfect all right any last words no <laughs> all right well thank you guys very much for listening and uh we'll be back with another episode in a couple weeks this episode was too long already for last words yeah it was long
So should I cancel my room at Trop on uh, the 9th? Is that just not a thing that's happening? No, there's no way I can go. Okay, I'll cancel. Ah, damn it. That means I need to go to Caesars in like the next, or Horseshoe probably in the next two weeks, or I will lose $300 of comps. <laughs>